This is it. Episode 13 of Natchcast. Good to be with you. We may or may not have a guest. As I record this intro, it is uncertain whether Morgan from Hampton Creek will join us or not. If not, we'll find her down the line. If so, enjoy it. Because we're going to start things off here with me eating some of that stuff they make over there and see how it goes down and we'll talk about some news man I think there's a little bit too much swearing in this episode or it's not so much swearing it's more just sort of uh, off color banter let's go with that you're welcome trying to have a guest today, um, scheduling conflicts, uh, I've prevented that from happening, but we are going to have Morgan Oliveira. Oliveira. Morgan Gorgonzola? No, don't make fun of people's names. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not making fun of her name, I'm making fun of my inability to pronounce names. Okay. So she's from Hampton Creek, and I have a little squeeze bottle of their Just Mayo Chipotle right here really delicious. I spread some on corn cobs last night. Yeah. Is that what you call it? Yeah, that's my corn cob. So I'm going to give Mark just a, a little bit in a spoon here. God, that's a lot of mayo, dude. Yeah, but there's no eggs. It's good for you. I don't, who eats mayo straight? Mark, hold on. Let me. I'll get a gram. I'm going to gram it. Take my glasses off. Oh, wait. My most photogenic fix my hair. Hmm. Whoa, up close. You ready? All right, here we go, everybody. Spoonful of mayo. Mm. That's mm. It's pretty good, huh? I mean, yeah, it's good, but you don't want to eat just a spoonful of that. I see. I feel like I would. It's little, oh, it's so tangy. Yeah, I grilled, like I was saying, I grilled some cobs of corn. Over fire, well, over hot coals. That's good. Yeah, and then spread that stuff all over them with a fork. (laughs) And it was so good. My wife woke up this morning. Why a fork? Talking about it. Did I say a fork? I meant a knife. I used a knife. Wow. What I did was I squirted some of the mayo into a little bowl. Synapses firing for Josh. used Used a knife. Congrats. A butter knife. But anyway, my wife woke up. This morning, talking about like she was just thinking about how good that tasted. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, score one. So Hampton Creek. Well, I don't know. I'm just saying it's possible that as you doze off to sleep tonight, you'll be craving. Oh, a I got a foot cramp. <laughs> you'll be craving a spoonful. <laughs> oh, oh, it's you. Of Hampton me Creek, odd. just mayo, chipotle flavor. Ah, oh, it's all right. Worked it out quick. You okay? God. We got to get a chair so that I can sit in a chair instead of on There's my some knees. pillows. There's all these pillows you can sit on. Oh, well. Like you're in a Moroccan restaurant. And hold the mic. Hold the mic. This is good stuff. Let's get to it. <laughs> 
All right. <clears throat> so anyway, we're going to try and get Morgan Oli- Ol- Oliveira. Why can't I pronounce that I, name? I don't Oliveira. know. Right. Oliveira. Oliveira. My first question for Morgan is going to be, any relation to Nathan Oliveira? My first question to Morgan is going to be, how do I pronounce your last name? Just had to jump in there. Sorry. Like that was the natural pause in the conversation? It was time for you to say something? (laughs) It's always time for me to say something. Nathan Oliveira, a visual artist who did some stuff at Crown Point Press in San Francisco, where I believe Hampton Creek is. Okay. These these sort of art, they bring artists into the studio to do fine art printmaking. It's going to be rather We, ha- we have one in our uh, study, whatever that room is. We have one hanging uh, in our house. I know. I know you like to buy fine art. Mm, nothing better. You like buying prints. You like buying coffee shop art. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's all fair game. Yep. But, right. I, but it's going to be rather anticlimactic if she is not related to that person. I doubt she is. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't know about Nathan. Maybe they're related and they don't even know it. Maybe you will bring together two That's right. uh, That's long right. lost uh, relatives. I'm hoping. God, that would be a moment. great podcasting. Uh, yeah, like Maury Povich. Maury Povich? Remember that? That usually involved a pregnancy test. There, there, well, it, it, Let's hope it doesn't it go there. It devolved into that, but there were times That's when true. he brought people together. <laughs> That's true. He started from a much more noble place. Where'd my <laughs> glasses go? Uh, I don't know. They're actually they're on your head. Okay. <laughs> Look. We take you now to our recorded uh, interview with Morgan. It's done with some sort of weird app, so it probably sounds like crap. But the content, bullion, baby. Look. Mark, are you there? Mark here. I think Morgan's here too. Hi. I don't believe no. I believe it now. Hi. And uh, oh. Full disclosure, I'm, I'm using an app, like mentioned. I'm tape, taping this call. We'll see how the quality is. Okay. So how are you? Are you are you taping it now, Josh? Are you hitting record? Uh, when I said I'm taping this call, I meant I am taping this call, Mark. <laughs> okay, good. Do you know Morgan? Should I introduce you to Morgan? Please. I mean, we said hello a second ago, but make it more formal. Morgan, that's Josh. Josh is a friend of mine and a former colleague. We worked together at a magazine about fine dining years ago. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. And we both have uh, a couple small kids. And, well, they're not. Go ahead. And you have a couple of small kids? Not together. Yeah, not, not, to, yeah. not together. <laughs> no. Of, of the same age. That's, so we also have that in common. We're raising kids of the same age that are not, that are each our own. Yeah. And that is why I'm late to this call and late to just about everything. But uh, oh, had to take the kids to karate. I forgot that we had Oh, my karate. God. I know. Something. Where are you, Morgan? Are you in San Francisco? I am in San Francisco without kids and not late for karate. So. <laughs> That's the way to do it. This is the way to do it. I haven't been. Um, tell me where the offices are. I don't know. I know the city a little bit. We are, so we're kind of spread, like, we are in a transition transition phase right now. So um, a bunch of us are still at the original, well, the original headquarters technically are in L.A., but we're at, we've been for three years now in Soma. Uh, and then we just moved all our R&D people over to the new headquarters, which are in the Mission, about a mile away um, at 16th and Folsom. And that's because there's more people? 
Yeah, yeah. So we have about uh, about sixty five now. So growing quickly. Yep. Well, I saw the. Uh, what did I see? Was it Inc. or Fortune? Fastest growing food company. Yeah, fast, world's fastest growing food company. That's not bad. For not at all. A communications no, no. professional. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a good name to get out there? Um, no, well, we are, we're moving really, really quickly and it's, uh, an epidemic like bird flu certainly helps push things along. Um, we had almost 50 million chickens die in the past two months. So a lot of business came our way because of that. Um, we were already cranking pretty, pretty quickly before that. So that just kind of, uh, expedited things. Um, but that certainly did, did help quite a bit, um, we had we had just yesterday another major major change came to us looking for some products because of bird flu. So uh, it slowed the bird flu had slowed down a little bit, but it's still still throwing business our way. I uh, I saw some headlines today, not only that said sort of the price of egg commodity eggs is up forty percent, et cetera, but that it was going to take two full years for the U.S. egg industry, the conventional mass industrial egg industry, to rebound from this. Yeah, yep. I've read that too, which is, I mean, that's great news for us. Um, And, you know, as good as it has been to Hampton Creek as a business, it's it's pretty sad in terms of the reflection on the food industry as a whole. Um, Right. You know, and I was reading today that, actually chicken prices, chicken meat prices are at an all-time low because what happened was other countries banned all our egg and chicken import um, uh, exports. So we have a surplus of chicken meat here in the U.S. So the prices are very, very low on that, which is just really ironic if you think about it. But, um, you know, it's just, well, it has been really great for us. And hopefully once some of these com- companies are making big, big switches from conventional chicken eggs to our products, we'll see, you know, there's really no need to go back once things do sort themselves out on that whole egg front. So uh, skyrocketing egg prices and bird flu aside, uh, why no eggs for Hampton Creek? Well, you know, it's really not about eggs for us at all. It's really, you kind of look at food and you think it's messed up and we say to ourselves, you know, how would we do things if we started over? Well, we'd probably be way more efficient about it. And for us, it's going straight to the plant because we, but just by using plants, we can do it 10 times more sustainably, much more healthily, much more affordably. And that's kind of what it's all about. It's really not this sort of fascination or obsession with chicken eggs. It's just doing things that make sense and, and going back and starting over and looking at food in that kind of a sense. Um, it started off, like, back in the early days. We did talk a lot about chicken eggs and, and replacing them and such. But, I mean, we're doing things now that really don't even have anything to do with chicken eggs. So we're making salad dressings like ranch, which is replacing dairy, too. And it's not this obsession with an egg. It's really just about looking at food and seeing how we can connect it and how we can make it ridiculously easy for everyone to make better food choices. Um, and that's kind of our whole philosophy and change when it comes to food. Well, as Mark and I were talking earlier, too, we uh, we were talking about uh, the beef industry and about kind of, you know, feeding plants to to cattle 
uh, is, is a waste mm-hmm. of resources. So it's it's almost like instead of plants being the middleman, they've become the star attraction. Yeah. Good. Yeah, exactly. Um, nothing, nothing wrong with that. Right. right. It takes a lot of water to grow all the food that you're then giving to all the animals. Well, you also have to water the animals. And I just saw on the news this morning that the world's water supplies are dwindling, and not just in California, but all over the world. Uh, and it's scary. So if we can, everything we can do to save water. Um, and, you know, we're, this is not like a, a vegan or vegetarian sort of soapbox kind of thing here, but everything we can do to make a difference, even if it's just switching your brand of mayo, you know, it it, mass, it adds up and it matters. Um, a jar of just mayo saves a bathtub full of water. And if everybody did that, I mean, just just what we have going right now in terms of sales, we're saving we're saving about like a billion gallons of water a year, which is a lot. Um, so so little little changes can make a big difference. I uh, I remember. When you guys came to Expo West that first year, and and mm-hmm. Josh was Josh was the keynote, and there was a lot of you know we were talking I think mostly about eggs at that point, but he did say like this is just a button that we want to press right now to do right. all of the things that you just described, and I remember then asking him like okay what's the next button and he wouldn't tell me, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure you won't tell me either. Um, right. I, I've t- so. I mean, what's what's so interesting to me about your company, and and you know I've been watching it for a while, and just sort of like the the speed at which you've accomplished things is insane, mm-hmm. insane to people that know the food industry well, um, right? And, and the way that you've come into it, um, I don't know, you've all of that natural food momentum that we kind of talk about every week, and we make fun of it, and we love it, and all this sort of stuff, but. That's just sort of, I mean, that's important to what you're up to, but you have a much more mainstream sensibility, right? It's sort of, we want to make this stuff healthier and more affordable for everybody, not just yeah. for food consumers, who are great. Um, mm-hmm. And and that has been, uh, I, I think that's a refreshing message for folks inside that Expo West crowd to hear. And so whether you know it or not, you're rubbing off, rubbing off on them in wonderful ways. And it should be a big success story like it is. So it's nice to see the world works like that sometimes. There's my plug. Right. Right. Creek. Uh-huh. Well, well, and aren't, aren't oh. your products in uh, Mexico Walmarts now too? Did I see that right on Instagram? Right. Yeah, we are We are going to be there in the next 90 days. Um, and, you know, like you said, we, we very much treasure our relationship with Whole Foods, but it's, it's not about that for us. It's about being everywhere from Whole Foods to the Dollar Tree. And mm-hmm. and um it's that's what it's all about for us. It's about being the the product for everyone everywhere. Well Mark Mark loves your Chipotle just mayo so much that he eats about yeah. a spoonful. So that's awesome. We love to hear that. Oh, it's right before this segment on the podcast. There's a photo of it on Instagram right now, too. <laughs> well, we have a new flavor learned. coming. We have a new flavor that will be coming out later this summer. It's going to be a wasabi. Wasabi? Mm-hmm. Yum. I do like wasabi. And it's good mayonnaise. Yeah, that one this morning had a kick. It did I, a little I bit. Wasn't, I wasn't used to a full spoonful of mayonnaise. Yeah, it's got a little heat in there. 
I spread a whole bunch of it all over uh, some grilled corn cobs last night, and it was amazing. My wife uh, woke up this morning saying that she was thinking about how good it tasted eating uh, that that corn on the cob with that chipotle mayo all over it. Like, she woke up. That was the first thought in her mind. So. Now, when's the last time someone said that about health food, Josh? Uh, I think just a few seconds ago was the last time. <laughs> right. Oh, well. I was, Look, wait a minute. Why is it called Hampton Creek? Good question. Yeah. Where does the name there, come from? Yeah, I don't. I've never. I've never known. I should ask you that. So I will ask so, you. So, so Josh's best friend um, had a dog, a Saint Bernard named Hampton, that when they were growing up, actually swallowed a baseball and had to be put down. So that's where the Hampton comes from. And then Creek, we just thought was kind of like a nice natural name. We're doing with our So Hampton. I caught, I caught some of that. Did you hear that, Josh? Uh, I think she said that Josh, has, his friend had a dog named Hampton growing up, and then no. Creek they liked because it was kind of... Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I just got kicked out of the conference room I was in. Oh, oh okay. sorry. We'll take what we can get. Um, Hampton Crick would have been an option, too. <laughs> not as good. Not as good. So I, so I do think there's still people in the that Expo West crowd inside the industry that are still figuring out what you are, right? And and maybe you are too, because things are moving so fast and, and there's lots of things to tackle. But uh, everybody seems to sort of be aware of you and know of you and think of you as kind of like, oh, that's the future. I better learn more about them. So that's part of what we're hoping to do here is tell people. I'm guessing that people who listen to this podcast don't, they don't, they don't some of them don't even know, well, right? Like, Right. I mean, we, we are a, a food company and at the heart and soul of what we do is a technology company. Yeah. So it's not, you know, there's no synthetic biology. There's nothing scary in that sense. It's very, um, it's a deep level of technology in that we're looking at the molecular level of plants, but it's not scary or synthetic or engineering in, in that we don't manipulate anything um, mm-hmm. so that we're not genetically modified or anything in that sense. Um, I, and I think that's so, a, that's that's important but because the, right, the natural right. the natural crowd has sort of defined itself against science, and I think there's ways to be scientific that aren't as scary as everybody thinks they are. Right? They don't. You exactly. Don't have, yeah. You, you can use all that intelligence to to figure out something other than GMOs. Look, well, Mark, didn't still, you have a question about an artist too, a local artist? Oh, I did have. That was my first question for Morgan. Are you related at all to Nathan Oliveira, the American not, visual artist? Not, not that I know of. I'm actually I'm from the East Coast. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I think he's West Coast. Do you even know I, we have a piece of his in this house? That's why I was like, I have to ask. I'm looking at it, and it's lovely. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. I, I'm from uh, Rhode Island. Oh, well. My, she's up with Rhode Island Oliveira's. <laughs> different than the Portuguese Oliveras. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Morgan. Back to the show. Ingredients made via synthetic biology won't qualify for non-GMO project verified stamp. Hmm. Food Navigator USA, Elaine Watson, Pro. What up, Waddy? <laughs> So what does this mean to you, Josh? I don't think we have to. I mean, well, we can, I'll explain it a little bit. I don't know if this is worth. Um, well, I uh, I eat a lot of baker's yeast just by the spoonful, kind of mm-hmm. like you did with that mayo. Mm-hmm. That's how I start each morning. <laughs> Big spoonful of baker's yeast. 
That could lead to infection. Uh, well, possibly. Crevice. I don't have... Oh, boy. Now. Wow. Non-GMO project is the most credible, I would say, verifying body in the U.S. They've partnered up with Whole, Whole Foods has been driving transparency inside their stores and has latched on a non-GMO project. And, and so many companies, such as Hampton Creek, mm. um, have adopted this certification to sell through Whole Foods. What a great place to be. But This, this mayonnaise doesn't have the non-GMO project label on it. Really? FYI. It does say non-GMO, but it doesn't have that actual label. No, they're, they're, they're very... This is clever, too. Uh, they have little sprouts growing out of their barcode. Yes, I've seen that. That is yeah. a nice touch. It is a nice touch. They have a very mainstream sensibility there. They want to appeal to a bit contrarian too, right? Because they're people, not they're not just including whole eggs. food oofer elitists. They don't want eggs, right, in their product, but their logo is a sprout inside an egg. Well, it's the plant replacing the egg. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the wheels firing. Yeah, but the egg, the egg is more prominent. It is a big egg. I, I like see s- that logo and I think Wally, I, it's, which is Wally. nice. Wally. Yeah, but you know, you throw the plant in the... Eva. So there's been some debate over whether synthetic biology, which we discussed in episode... One through ten. <laughs> yep. Early on, early on. I'm going to go closer to one than later than ten. All right. It's a different sort of beast. Oh, that's what I want to read. Let me Let me tell you what... Oh, yeah, look at this. Get ready, Josh. Okay, hold on. Let me grab my <laughs> seat of my pants. Uh, I got to find it. There it is. There it is. <clears throat> New term, SMOs. What does it mean? Uh, sadomasochistic organisms? Synthetically modified organisms. Mm. Not genetically modified. Synthetically modified organisms. In a press release issued by Friends of the Earth, oh yeah, 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 non-GMO project executive director Megan Westgate, great person. All right, I, I don't know her. I'm said glad you do. synthetic quote synthetic biology is an experimental form of artificial gene manipulation and as such carries many of the same consumer concerns as genetic engineering. How is it different than genetic dot, engineering? Dot, dot. Because of this, our standard treats synthetically modified organisms, SMOs, just as rigorously as GMOs. What's the, what's the uh, discerning factor here, though? How are they different? So synthetic bi- biology is an experimental form of artificial gene manipulation? There, it's, a proce- it's a way to process new foods through gene- genetic manipulation. So it's, just, but, so it's removed before it hits your plate. Oh, I see. Which is the brewer's yeast. It's using yeast and other things to manipulate a food product Mm. as opposed to splicing genes and and you've got a whole new organism and you eat it. The final product, so vanillin and saffron, we've we've covered this ground. Yeah, I'm getting sleepy. Previous podcasts. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Vanilla, saffron, there's some expensive ingredients that, uh, like saffron, that... uh, Saffron? Am I thinking? Yeah, saffron. Right? What about saffron? Super expensive. Uh, yeah, saffron's expensive. Yeah. So using synthetic biology, you can create a chemically identical uh, compound in a lab instead of having to grow it painstakingly and harvest it in minute amounts and charge $300 mm. an ounce. Okay. But... But you uh, don't get this coveted sticker. You don't get the sticker because you're... 
fucking around with the food. Oh, yeah. I love, there's a quote here. Um, one of the main, comp- we did talk about this. We got to move on. Evolva. You, and you said, what did, where did you go with that? Where would anyone go with that? <laughs> um, Evolva working on a vanillin. Uh, it sounds like an internet enabled vulva. It's like the evil quote from mm, CEO Neil Goldsmith again in a previous Food Navigator article. Quote: The vanillin molecule we are making is the same. It's chemically identical. The only way you can tell the difference is if you were to do carbon isotope testing. So I, you know, I'm no scientist, but then uh, I guess I do you... a lot of carbon is- isotope <laughs> testing in my own kitchen. So I not you're not sure. going to get one past me. Just as a um, as a uh, uh, logis- logistician, is that a word? It is now. Mm. I see. I see the word identical, and then followed by the only way you can tell the difference. And I don't think it's identical anymore. No, just where my mind goes. Well, I mean, the notion of identical. Nothing. No two things are truly identical. Anyway. Here we go. Just saying. But you know what? This this GMO project, these stickers are a big deal because I tell you what. Well, that, of course, it's the, the fastest it's, growing certification on retail. Yeah, it's it's eclipsing organic. We've we yep yeah themes we have. Yeah, it's a boon to food producers. It's a boon. You want this sticker because it would be a great conversation for Hampton Creek. It's but, super uh, fucking expensive to do things organic. It's probably cheaper to do it non-GMO. That you're thinking like a creaker. I know. I know you guys uh, prospecting. You need for a consulting job. work done. I no, we will ideate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they can afford our ideation because uh, I don't think so either. Although, where would I put price umlauts? tag is going up? Where am I going to put umlauts into into Hampton Creek? Uh, we got to figure out why it's called that. We do. It, I'm it probably mm-hmm. is named after a creek somewhere. Mm, good guess. Right in the Hamptons, perhaps. Mm, no. No. He uh, no. Why? Well, is that too hoity-toity? You're the one who went to prep school. Look at what I can do with... So so good job further grounding the story in um, why non-GMO project matters. It does. But this is the the weird bleeding edge world of food science. It's like, I don't think we can keep up with this stuff. We are using yeast and, and various processing agents to then genetically modify food, but end up with a final product that is not genetically modified. What? Uh, what? Well, and the irony is what uh, we are, we are choosing to not, I mean, people are choosing to avoid these, these products now, but in the future, we are probably not going to have a choice. Yeah. Things are going to have to be engineered scientifically to grow, uh, in this world that we're creating. I might be talking about meat. (laughs) Segway. Mother Jones. Should I set it up? You already are doing it. All right. Phil Pot. Phil Pot. Tom Tom Phil He's quite a mind Yeah. in the food activist reform movement. Writing from Mother Jones, we'll all eat less meat soon. Dash. Like it or not. Yep. <laughs> Poll quote. <laughs> Americans consume on average about 209 pounds of meat per year. Yet less than 100 pounds is compatible with good health and high longevity. 
That's all you nothing? got? Nothing? <laughs> Wait, sorry. Say that again. I was I was reading something. I was looking for something that I wanted Gee. to quote. Oh, oh, fine. You go ahead. An interesting article, which makes the point that, duh, feedlot, industrial ag around meat, not Bad sustainable, idea. ain't going to work with a growing population, but grass-fed ain't going to work either. Nope. So what he's suggesting here is I less someone meat. is suggesting less smill. meat, motherfuckers. Smill. Who's Smill? Uh, he's Smill. What do you mean? Who is he? He's Vaklov. Vaklov Smill. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, what he's suggesting is that uh, you know we could still have meat, but we need to be smarter about how we're raising it, what we're feeding it. He's suggesting you start feeding it food waste. Well, but he's also suggesting that we cut consumption of meat in half in yes. the U.S. You move it to grass. Off yep. the feedlot, but then you have these sustainable oh, practices. Oh, Phil Pot. Oh, Phil like Pot wants said. the animals on grass. <laughs> That's rich. <laughs> Go ahead. I interrupted you and your food waste. Look. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> fuck. It's stupid. Everyone knows this is stupid, right? You feed animals a bunch of food that people could eat. I have had dinner with several people recently. <laughs> wow. Yes. That's unusual to and have I, dinner with people. Well, I think I think I'm going to start to uh, become known for this. I'm going to be the guy at the dinner party that does this. Oh, that ruins everyone's meal when you order the meat. I'm like, enjoy it while you can. Yeah. Hope you like that steak now. Yep. Eat it slowly. Five years from now, that won't be on the menu. No. Or if it is on the menu, it will have been grown in one of Ooh. Josh's tube steak labs. TM. TM tube steak. There's probably an umlaut over the U in tube steak also. Just FYI. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm sure you would cram that in there. Well, yeah. It's well, peak meat, man. Peak meat. Yeah, I think we're past peak meat. We're just, we're in denial. Well, we are. You know why? Because meat's good. Quoting Phil Pot. It's fucking delicious. Meanwhile, U.S. meat consumption, long among the very highest in the world, is waning. Well, that's is good slowly. News. The total annual slaughter peaked at 9.5 billion animals 9.5 billion animals. Mm. Each one of those was a soul. Debatable. It, cow well, eyes. Cow eyes. In 2009... You want to bring the notion of a soul into this? I do. I want to make this a philosophy podcast. All right. I mean, yeah. Plants have souls, too. Everything you, has a soul. Maybe you, that's the thing. We're just putting too high of a premium on souls. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We could just downplay our own souls. There's lots of countries where... Disposable like, humans. Where human life is cheap. Human life is cheap. Good God, we're everywhere. Just your life is super cheap. <laughs> what? I was going to say priceless, but then I decided to 180 it. That was, that was good. Uh, 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 9.5 billion animals in 2009. It has been hovering around 9.1 billion in recent years. Why? Paul Shapiro. Love Paul! Vice President of Farm Animal Protection at the Humane Society of the United States. The decrease reflects meat eaters cutting back, not any turn to abstention. The percentage of vegetarians and vegans among the population has remained relatively stable in recent years. Uh, okay, so people are just cutting back. They're not giving it up. But that's the whole point of the article, right? I thought Eat less meat. You don't have to give it up. Yeah. There is a way to sustainably produce enough meat for the world if, in America, we ate half as much you remember this, right? Don't you remember like the European model? It's like a, the meat is the side dish, not the main course. Look. Fucking, yeah. In Europe? Yeah. You know, a little are you okay with that? A little side of meat instead of a big hunk of meat? Well, are we talking in the bedroom or on the dinner plate? No, I am uh, totally fine with a little piece of meat, a little side of meat. And more veggies, more salads. I bet you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way more salads. You know what I saw on 
Mm, I think it was Instagram. I think it was Hope Foods. Mm. Maybe we'll get them on the podcast. That's a boulder. Hope, uh, yeah, they made, they started with hummus. I think they're, that's all they make pretty much, but I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to make some other stuff too. I don't know. Yeah. Um, salad in a jar. Yuck. No, it was looked good. In a jar? Well, but they took like a big old mason jar and it had layers of stuff. I think it was salad in terms of- like Oh, like a seven-layer salad. My yes. mom used to make that. Yes, but it was in a mason jar and you took it for lunch. Probably ate it with a fork right out of there. Mm. Oh, delightful. What a great way to transport it. Which I'm going to surprise you with something right now. We are pro salad. Brand new feature on the show. Ooh. Is I'm, I'm rolling it out. I didn't even tell you about this yet. I can't wait to hear what the cue is going to be. It's going to be great. You know what this you know what this segment's called? Nope. Salad of the week. <laughs> salad of the week. <laughs> this week's salad comes to us from my wife. My wife who made this really good salad. Uh, the other night we had company. She actually made two salads. They were both pretty good. I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight one of the salads. It came from a Barefoot Contessa cookbook. Ooh, rich. Yeah, it's rich, but it's this is a healthier salad. What a, it is? A salad with some fried butter. No, here's what it is: mm. whole bunch of spinach, mm. toasted pine nuts, mm. peas, yummy green little, peas, little green peas. Mm. I think frozen peas. You just you know thought. Yeah. Okay. Because frozen peas are good. They're good to put on a sore muscle. Yeah. But you know what you dress the salad with? Wait for it. I am. Pesto. <laughs> Pesto. Whoa. And then you sprinkle Parmesan on, on top. It's so good. Ooh. It's probably one of the best salads I've had in yeah. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. least two weeks. I feel like I've had that. There's a memory coming yeah. back to me. It was so good. I when I like... was convalescing in Switzerland as a youth, someone fed me that every day at lunch. This is insane. <laughs> Well, I had two servings the night she made it, and oh. then I ate a whole crap load the next day, and then she made it again the other night. Ooh. I ate two servings again, finished it off for lunch Any the next day. you said crap load in that sentence? No, it didn't make me crap. It was a, it was a salad settled, settled Did you well. wake up thinking about it like it was a chipotle mayonnaise without any eggs? I kind of did. It mm. was so good. So thank you, Nicole, for the salad of the week. <laughs> Where are you going to go with that cue? What are you thinking? Just off the cuff. Mm. God, that's. I, I wish I had a harp. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure GarageBand has some sort of digital harp. You're going to go with a harp? All right. I mean, Pretty. salads are magical. I mean, where where would you go? I, I don't think a brass instrument's going to work. I have a trombone, but I don't think it's... No, we've already got the... We got the horn. But a trombone. What do we got? We got a horn for... We don't use the horn much anymore. The horn was in last episode. (laughs) Strangely, we did not use it in the episode we talked to Robbie Vetrano, like trumpet. Strangely. Hello. I think you had control of that. I know. I actually left it out. It was a conscious decision. Nicely done. I didn't want to be too obvious. Power move. Power move. Oh, we have a a drum kit over there. We have an electric organ. I have a rain stick. Ooh. Salad of the week would be a rain stick. (laughs) What do we have, real quick? I, we have the the trump, the horn. I have uh, two trumpets, a trombone. No, 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 not your instrument load. Oh. <laughs> what audio cues have we developed for the podcast? Okay, well, there's, there's some of my favorite moments. The trumpet, which which sound, which signals like a big idea, right? Yeah, big idea. There is life hack. That's a good one too. Yeah, that one is for a life hack, yep. obviously. And then uh, recently we added the uh, ideation. Oh, that was nice. Thing. It's like. A, yeah. It's I, so I don't have any say into these. This is a purely a well. You could have said production. 
Yeah, this well, post magic to see where your mind goes with. These I kind of like to surprise you with I it. Like as it I am too. crafting the audio cues. I love it. I'm closing my eyes and I'm just I'm <laughs> trying to picture Mark's face smiling. What should I do with salad? He's such what'll a little cherub. What what'll make Mark giggle? Moving what'll on. bring some blood to those cheeks? Moving, oh, I wonder. Moving, mm. moving on, on, on. So what do you think, though? Salad of the week. Love it. We're doing that every Ask, week. Ask, uh, you need to hit up old Monsanto Kills right now. I'm going to get him on a call. I'm going to tape a call. Ooh, tape a, little a call. little inserted segment. Boom. Spencer, what you eating? What's on your salad? Salad of the week, buddy. Salad of the week. And speaking of salad, do we want to jump ahead? To? You bet we to do. To this NPR article. Bang. Hold on. Let me enter my passcode. <laughs> Hold on. Let me navigate through Safari. What are you? I got it right here. What? Landfill of lettuce. Why were these greens tossed before their time? I don't know, Allison Aubrey. Hey! Why don't you tell us? I know, Alex. I have sp- interviewed. <laughs> I, I know her. I Mark's have, very excited. He I, met Allison I, Aubrey no, once. I, oh, he she, talked to her on the phone. Because she's sort of the health and wellness and food and nutrition writer for NPR. We, I know. I think she interviewed me about well, su- supplements. Why wouldn't she? Kingmaker. Mm. Everyone wants to talk to you. No. Which is why you're sitting in a basement <laughs> talking into a microphone, a cheap plastic microphone. Like I did half your face over a bunch of dirty pillows. I know. All I can see is your eyes. It's oh. really quite creepy. Uh, so anyway. My prominent forehead. Hey, here's a scenario lots of us can relate to. Tossing a bag of lettuce because it sat too long in the back of the fridge. God, I hate that. It doesn't take a long time for greens to turn to slime. Bag by bag, this waste adds up. The Environmental Protection Agency estimates that the typical American family throws out about $1,600 worth of food each year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. I do that out of my personal budget? I guess so. uh, That seems like a... Why would I do that? Well, because you're just buying shit and throwing it out. Yeah, but that's a lot. I could could take a trip. Yeah. And uh, this salad waste, it's a real thing. Mm. You know what I blame? (laughs) Fucking smoothie craze. Yeah. Because I'm, I, I'm, I'm victim. <laughs> You're guilty. Yes, I am guilty. And victim. I am victim and... I am victim. I am victim and killer, whatever. Lettuce waster, I don't know. But here's what happens. I go to Sprouts. And oh, they, my God. They sell we... the uh, Earthbound Organic, a giant fucking bag of power greens. And man, do they look just vital and robust. Do you Some know what them... the industry scuttlebutt on Sprouts is? This is pure conjecture now. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. They're able to sell produce cheaply because they buy a closer to expiration date. So if oh, yeah. I've found that when I buy things from Sprout, and so this is, you know, who knows, but when I buy things, yeah. they don't last. No, you know, uh, at Lady Faye. She, I do she, know at Lady Faye. When, when, uh, Shut up! When we worked together, we would often, and also with uh, another one of our Twitter friends, at Just The Tip, I think. Oh, man. Our buddy at just the tip. That's oh the, yeah yeah yeah. The yeah. three of us we would. I walk just figured that on our out. Lunch break we would walk. To I sp- hadn't put that together. <laughs> Why else would it be called that though? I don't know. <laughs> wow, good for him. Yeah, well we would mm, walk. Yum. To sprouts. I think at that point it was sunflower Why market. Why is it called that? Because he's giving you just the tip. <laughs> is it not obvious? Moving on. So we'd go to some <coughs> a sunflower market. It's now a sprouts, but deep. Our lady Faye was always warning us to check the dates on everything. Oh, she's because they will try and sneak shit in. She's a smart shopper, she is. So, once again, cutting edge vanguard lady Faye, early podcast adopter, just living. She knew the sprout shit 
years before anyone Do you else. know how many podcasts are... I'm, you're, this is no joke. We're going to have to do a meta podcast on the renaissance of podcasts. It's not a renaissance. The rebirth. It's not a rebirth. That they haven't been long, around long enough to really consider There was the first rebirth. phase where it was like everybody was so excited and This American Life popped and that was about it. Right. Lately, woo, they're coming out of the woodwork, man. Yeah, but NPR is launching another one. On like they're like their fourth or fifth. They're trying to make a big deal. Yeah, but the term podcast is silly. It needs to go away. Yeah, what should we call it? That's why we call it a Natchcast. We're broadcasting. Oh. We're not a fucking pod. <laughs> We're in a basement. Good luck swimming upstream on that one. Anyway, my God. So I go to Sprouts. I buy these big bags of greens. For your smoothies. Power greens. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you know what? Next week's going to be the week. I'm going to have a smoothie every day. Why not? Well, that's what I'm thinking. And then I'll open the bag and I'll make a a nice big smoothie. Oh, no, it would be like greens, coconut milk, Mm. some sort of vegan-y 3,000 nutrients in it powder. Mm. Protein powder? Protein powder. Not whey protein powder. Plant-based. Plant-based protein powder with somehow this dried powder has probiotics in it. Yeah. Anyway, some ice. You're I'll put skeptical. some ice in there. Maybe I'll cut Look up an apple. Look at you. I'm seeing it in your face. You're like, fuck this smoothie. I'll pour a bunch of fucking hemp seeds in there. Yeah. Get my flax seed on. Or I mean my uh, my omega-3 on. Sometimes I'll put flax seeds in it too. Well, how are you getting your omega-3 on if you're not? What do you hemp put? seed. Yeah. All right. Flax, flax seed. Chia too. seed. No, Flax. not chia. I don't like chia because it, it leaches up too much moisture and congeals. It does, like, stick to the... That's yeah. why you don't use it in smoothies. Oh, smart. Just saying. Life hack. Life hack. So then, yeah, I'll make a grand smoothie. I'll, Do you buy... Yeah, am I, am I interrupting? A little bit. And then the next day, I'll be like, oh, I should make a smoothie today. Nah, I don't want to. I'm just going to have some gullet sleuth coffee. No smoothie this morning. And then a few days go by, and then I'm looking, and I open the fridge, and there's that huge bag... I've maybe used about half of it, and it's starting to get all slimy. I open it. It smells like weird veggie farts. (laughs) So I don't throw it out, though. I put it in the compost, which I sort of feel better about. But Veggie. I've never. I've never. I've never. Well, it's a real thing. Clearly. So anyway, yeah, it's it's wasteful. It's in your fridge. But they're, they're what do you do with it then? Because it's in this article. Don't throw that shit away. Compost it. Yeah, I compost the shit out of that shit. Do you? Easily compostable, too. I mean, it's already slime. It's like the best. Yeah, it's like 30 seconds away from just being mud. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. So, anyway, it's easy to get lured into buying too many salad greens is my point. And they sell them in these ridiculously large bags. There's, right. I mean, unless you're making right. salad for a family of 30. Every night. Every night. like, Or you're just smoothing it up. A smoothie for every meal with these power greens in it. Power smoothie. Yeah. Ing. If you were eating smoothies, or just if that was all you were having were these smoothies. Mm. It's called Soylent. Yeah, I mean... Are, Not even, though. This is an interesting this is question. Like, this is like the... We should do that. And actually, you know, I cut something out. It's called that, Scoop. Of that last episode. Oh. That we don't have to get back into, but it was my, my prescription for how we could stop talking about the weather so much. Oh, God. Which is basically, I'll give you the... the are we going to do it now? The much more cleaned up version here. Because I was there the first time. Because we talk about weather all the time. Uh-huh. Because it's a shared experience. Wait, wait, everybody, imagine you're in an office environment, cubicles, and what are you going to talk about when you come in on Monday morning? Well, everyone comes in and talks about the weather, right? Because it's it doesn't a, have to be cubes. You're right. It's regional. It's a shared experience. It could be standing you treadmill desk. You can't escape it. Nope. Right? We all experienced the unseasonably it's go-to uh, wet weather here in Denver. We can talk about, oh, is the sun going to stay out all day today? I don't know. 300 days of sunshine, whatever. You know, you can do all sorts of dumb stuff. 
but it's not very gratifying, right? Mm. It's not. Mm-mm. But what if you walk in the office and instead of saying, hey, uh, how about the, the sunshine this weekend? You say, hey, oh, I had the best BM this morning. Mm-hmm. It, I, must be, I must be eating so much fiber because it was, it was crackling as it came out. That's what you said the first time, yeah. crackling. I yeah. remember that. Yeah. But I, I mean, and then, and then you say that. I say that to you, Mark, and you're like, oh, man, you know what? I really have been eating too much meat because I was pushing and pushing all morning. All I got was one little turdlet. You see what I'm saying? But now we've had a, a, a more robust conversation, you know, and when I, I come guess. in, when I come in the next day and talk about my, my bodily we? functions, they're going to be different from the day before and they're going to be different from yours. It's a yeah. shared experience. We all have that experience, but it's, it's different for each one of us. Unlike the weather, yeah, but which you can only respond to in a very singular way. You're going to have people that are lying about how it went for them every morning. It's going to get competitive. Still, that's more interesting to me than mm. weather patter over and over and over again. Like, oh, yeah. Jake always has a right. big old healthy crap before he comes in. So how this ties into to, to smoothie culture Ooh, literally. is what I'm wondering, because I don't drink enough smoothies to be able to say this conclusively. But you're talking about all the, or not in this episode, but you mentioned that all these uh, yahoos in Silicon, in Silicon Valley... I love Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley or Soylent Greening all the time. Well, uh, yeah. All right, does that, all right, what, protein that shakes just, and Soylent. But is to... it coming out like a protein shake? Mm. Does it solidify in your system? Is it a crackling, fiber-rich <laughs> movement? I don't know. Let us know, people. All S- listeners in Silicon Valley. Or just anyone Take a who's, break on, a, from anyone your who's on a heavy smoothie diet. Stop the coding. Look. They're producing more than they can sell. Yep. Even in the drought. Even in the drought. That kind of blows my mind. Your peaches are too big and you're making too much damn salad. Yeah, it's all off. It's all off. But I, you Nothing, can under, you nothing can under, works, man. Why doesn't anything work well? Well, I mean, it's tricky. You, you just can dig in anywhere and it's like, hesitance. eh, they're overplanting the salad in a drought. Come on. Something yeah, but, has to go right in this world. But they're working people, right? They don't also want to run the risk of not having enough to sell because that's a problem too. Business. Right? I guess. It's, it's all problematic. What's working? One thing. This podcast. Thank you. Look. Oh, we got a tip from uh, Wait, I'm still Karen, who we don't even know who that is. We don't. Thanks for listening, Karen. We appreciate it. I believe she was listening to episode 10, she mentioned. Is that the one where you did the chips and cheese stuff? I'm pretty sure. Where you were, yeah. Oh, yeah, because I was talking about one of our 40s. favorite snacks. Or what you were, how did it come up? We were talking about nachos or something. Oh, you were ripping but I was bags giving, open and dumping in the... That might have been the origin of the, the uh, life hack sound effect, in fact, because... <laughs> That was a life hack. Historians of the podcast. When you're buzzed up on a 40. Let us know. You go to 7-Eleven, you tear open a bag of Doritos or whatever, and then you pump in a bunch of nacho cheese. Well, yeah, you said that and I blew, I blew my mind. Yeah, but it turns out this shit's still happening in... Uh, well, I don't know. This was a memory. Oh, yeah, no, it was 2013 no, yeah, in New a, Orleans. in Nolens here. Karen Listen sent us a story on um, uh, McSweeney's. Yeah. McSwiss, you, McSweeze. You got to scroll down the page a bit. Hot, Hot chips, chips and cheese. cheese, submitted by Sarah Grainer. Yeah, that's what I, that's how I'd say it. Yeah, congratulations. We agree. Uh, and I mean, it's shades of Savour in here. It yeah. was it was written to be <laughs> shades of Swizz Keats. <laughs> Swizz, Swizz Keats. Keats and Sarah Grainer need to hook up because they have very similar overblown writing well, styles. It's it's that it's sort of that literary. You unpack one moment and just dig in and everything that happens inside that moment. Yeah, but there's way too much laundry packed in this bag here. Well, all right. 
It just goes on and Mister... on. Mr. I'm just saying. I don't yeah, Hemingway-esque, it is not. No, it is not Hemingway-esque. More Wallace-esque. Yeah, there are some. Foster Wallace-esque. There are some darlings in here that could have been killed. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Well, it depends. Kill your darlings. It's a it's rule. One, it's one school of thought. Yeah, well. Oop, sorry, my phone was too close to the mic. But I had, I didn't, I, I read about half of it. I don't know if she ever actually ate the bag of, well, you want to set it up? Yeah, well, so here it is. It's more of a memoir. There's not a lot to set up. And but it hit a lot of points for you. I mean, there were a lot of moments in here that are your childhood. Nah, well, just a few. It seems like maybe this lady is a teacher somewhere and she's watching students do this. I don't, I don't know if she actually specifically says she's a teacher. but So she's watching kids go in and out of this uh, convenience shop run by a Vietnamese man who uh, apparently has really nice uh, vintage polo shirts that the author likes. <laughs> so the kids go in. The guy cuts the top off of a bag of flaming Hot Cheetos and ladles in some processed cheese dippy well, stuff out of a crock of, pot. Yeah. Yeah. And puts a fork in puts there. Puts a fork in it. That's a nice touch. That is a nice touch. Because I don't remember how we would eat. I think we would just eat with our hands. These Doritos oh, soaked in nacho cheese. Savages. We didn't use forks. Skateboarders. We washed it down with Savages. malt liquor. Which these, these kids are in school. They should not be drinking malt liquor. Let's be clear uh, about that. Not really. Um... About and she, she's, she's waxing poetic on a lot of their snacking habits. She likes that they eat uh, dry ramen noodles on the bus, sprinkling mm-hmm. the MSG I powder you. atop I them of like you. fine truffle oil. They like pizza, barbecue, candy bars, and hot chips and cheese. So anyway, so it kind of it goes on for a while. And then you get the sense that maybe she's going to eat them. Maybe this, uh, <laughs> maybe this little article is going Plimpton on us. I think at the end she does. Yeah. So she's thinking about going through a Taco Bell drive through um, then maybe doesn't. I don't know. I'm, I'm digging. I'm digging. We're getting close. <laughs> oh, it looks like she does. She does it. I guess I'll try one. And and someone handed her a bag. Then Must be the, it is, the right wife there. of the Vietnamese guy with the nice polos. You don't know. I'm guessing. I don't know. A lot of yeah. these convenience stores, they're family-owned operations. Wife or daughter, perhaps. Distant cousin. Uh, niece. Grifter niece. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Where <laughs> yeah. were the grifter nieces? No. Swiss Keats. Yep, Swiss Keats. Call back. I love butts. 24-7. <laughs> we know you love butts, Mark. That was his hand. Okay, so now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig in. I'm just going to read. I have not read this paragraph yet, so. Look. Right way to Hot say that. Cheetos in yellow nacho cheese have the feel of a dusty phalange dipped in snot. Nicely said. Thank you. Not. Dipped in snot. Ugh. Falange. Like something you uncovered between couch cushions. Ooh. She is getting florid. They have the usual radioactive redness of hot Cheetos, but when mixed with the slimy cheese, it becomes a bleak yellow orange, like Sunny D. Oh, that's, I know yeah, she's pretty good. That, yeah. Eating it, I found the temperature of the nacho cheese did sort of trick my mouth into thinking I was eating something resembling real food. <laughs> she knows what's up. As anyone who's tried them knows, hot Cheetos have this indescribable quality. Like when you're eating them, it seems pretty obvious they could kill you. Eh. Why are you reading it like that? You're like sedate. Perform it! Sorry, here we go. They taste so chemical and chalky and spicy, but spicy in a way that does not occur in nature, not in any actual <laughs> spice. This type is really small. That's why I'm reading slow. All right? I don't have my glasses on. It's fucking tiny. Not like any Up actual your font spice. size, McSweeney. This is not mobile optimized. I don't think they care. They should. Um, 
Anyway, they taste how. Do you a want hi- me to take over? No, I got it. They taste how a highlighter looks. Somehow the warm yellow nacho cheese, equally chemical, and the texture of melted plastic is a welcome addition. Hmm. It made my tongue feel coated in rubber. Surprisingly, hmm. not altogether unpleasant God, sensation. God, you're missing words. All- Go Surprisingly, ahead. not an altogether unpleasant sensation. Bigger font, please. We split the rest of the bag standing in the shade, our fingertips wet and red. All right. That- Very nice. Is this the first time you've had melted cheese? I find that hard to believe. It is not. She's being dramaturgic. You like that word? I think I used it with Swiss Keats, too. <laughs> you did. Just a lot of creative license taken here. I mean, There is. I, but it's a, it's a moment of... It is. She's capturing a moment. Of real food in action is what she's writing about. Yeah. That's the way it really goes down. But it's really not that insane. Is it a, it, is it a moment worthy of literary introspection? I don't know. Apparently, it is. Is it a writerly moment? Maybe, maybe not. It's not eating uh, crickets in Plaza Hidalgo. Oh, you know. Although it is similar, right? Episode 15. Yeah. We're going to eat some bugs. Mark and I are going to snack on bugs. We're going to go field trip to the Mercado. Excellent. Excellent uh, pronunciation. Excellent. 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 Do you know what Mercado to go to to buy bugs? Mm. We need a tip. Oh, I can. Just. the tip maybe uh maybe lady just Faye head east on colfax at lady Faye, where do we go to buy bugs like real ones that we can eat yeah lady Faye's eating a lot of bugs I bet she has <laughs> she probably feeds them to her cat <laughs> no, where no. does sal the shop cat, for bugs? the cat eats hot doritos nacho bags yeah, flame or hot chips and cheese no no way that cat's eating organic uh, I, I think her cat eats fancy feast really i picture it eating out of a goblet I mean, I could be wrong. You could be wrong. You might not be wrong. Sometimes I'm wrong. It doesn't happen often. Do we have other stories? Uh, I don't know. Hold on. Ooh. It's a little tightness in my back. Yeah, well, it's one of those days. It is. Uh, shit, man. I I got a lot more stories, but we might get a call in. You got to plug in here somewhere. Yeah, I don't. She's she she's not going to be thrilled to be thrust into the middle of this episode. <laughs> Might not be a good fit, huh? I went to a restaurant recently. Here we go. Right here in, in Park Hill, a great neighborhood restaurant called Tables. Oh, love it! It's a great place. It is blocks from our house. We, my wife and I, will have the kids will be at grandma's. Be like, let's go eat. Every Where other night. Where should we go eat? No, but we'll uh, once a week. We'll cruise all around Denver. Driving past restaurants where we think we want to eat. Wait a minute, this is what you do? We waste a lot of time driving <laughs> around get, being like, let's go eat there. Mm-hmm. Get in the car and drive around? Then we always end up back what at is tables. This, California in the 50s? Then we eat at tables. We're like, why didn't we just come here an hour ago? It's yeah. so good. But anyway, I Who ordered does this. I ordered a, a wonderful trout dish. Why aren't you listening to Nadgecast in the car while you're driving around looking for a restaurant? Because uh, we're talking about where we want to eat because this is coming right at nicole right now because she not w- even listening <laughs> she but she wouldn't if i if we we're in the car searching for a restaurant she wouldn't be paying attention because she's going to be hungry what's she doing looking out the windows salivating no but she's not going to be paying attention when she's hungry because she doesn't she works all day and she doesn't eat very much while she's working yeah. so by the time it's dinner time she is hungry we're focused on food <laughs> want some meat <laughs> yeah so she had a wonderful sockeye salmon Oh, and I had some trout, uh, and it came with uh, some crawfish, and I was all excited because I was like, "This will be perfect." I'm going to take a picture of this 
this crawdaddy on my plate, and it's going to look like a bug, and I'm going to use it on the gram. Hashtag eat more bugs. Mm. Alas, mm. it was just out of the shell. Looked like a kind of a... Just the meat. Just looked like a mid-sized shrimp. <laughs> it's very good. But then we were in Glenwood Springs this weekend. Ooh. We were walking down... Uh, what is the street there called? Is it... Main Street. No, it's Grand or no. The Main Street is not called Main Street. It's something else. Mm-hmm. Anyway... Walked by a restaurant, uh, like kind of a, a smokehouse or no, there was like a, I don't know. It was like a fucking bayou type restaurant. And there was some guy <laughs> sitting there and he had, they were having a crawfish boil. And there was a guy who oh. had this huge basket of big, leggy, insect looking crawfish. Picture. I came very close to climbing over the railing and asked if I could take a picture. Oh, shut up. I failed. I failed you, Mark. I failed you. <laughs> I failed our audience. Failed our social media stream. I really did. Yeah, that's all right. But yeah, instead we went to this place. The hell was it called? God, this is the worst story you've ever told. I'm looking at. This is a good one though. It was like a, a place that I don't think it's they a good one. Tacos and hot dogs. But good their choice. Man. Their tacos were from all over the map. We got a Thai vegetable curry taco. Did you? And a Jamaican jerk chicken taco. I'm looking at some other stuff, but I'm also listening to you. All right. Um, we got some stories here we should talk about. But maybe not this week. We'll yeah, I haven't them. read them. Yeah, we got the rise and so this is from Shaggy Brownie, the rise and fall of superfoods. It's a good. Uh, I've yeah. never heard of this site. Hopes and fears. Yeah, because there's always a new superfood, right? No, it's about the or fat, superfoods is like a class of foods. Oh, you know what we could talk about the making of Hillary 5.0. Are we going to get political on this shit? Hillary Clinton. Yeah, this is an old story in the Washington Post, but <laughs> don't yeah. dig in on Hillary's food positions. Well, I'm sure they're stances. They probably hop around. It's <laughs> a food position. <laughs> Looking for toeholds when and where they're convenient. No, that, well, you can find it online. Some sort of a video. We'll have, we'll have to actually discuss this. Um, thanks for listening to the old Matchcast. Hold on here. I'm fixing myself a snack. Mmm. A little of that just mayo chipotle on the tip of my finger. Just the tip. Oh, yeah. So maybe Morgan was on, maybe not. I don't know either. If not, I'm sure it was still wildly entertaining. If so, it's probably entertaining and perhaps a little educational. You never know. Uh, Natch cast is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Cats, I can't hear.
Life has.